Me High is proud to be sponsored by Is This Tomorrow? Yes, that's Is This Tomorrow, available at isthistomorrow.com. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic cataloging the antics taking place at the Zorro News Channel and featuring such characters as George Kleenex, weatherman Benjamin Dover, man on the scene J.B. Horns, Political commentator Taffy Tart, media personalities Travis Slaughter, conspiracy theory expert J. Elwood Compton III, paranormalist Murph Davies, Senator Stroller, political apologist Dr. Iggy, Christian ventriloquist Fred Gastro and his puppet Woody, and the strangely familiar Stocky Bear in his smelly, itchy costume. All of this at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. John Mason, we got, got the best guys here. <laughs> Was I supposed to do it there? Uh, yes, on four. Ready? Uh, do it again. John Mason, we got the best guys here. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of That Record Got Me High. Live at Laser Wolf. Let him know. Chris, open the door real quick. Let everyone, the, the throngs of people out there. Woo! Live at Laser Wolf. Uh, that's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And uh, our special guest today is Mr. Ivan Soliani. Give it up, everyone. For Howdy. Ivan Soliani. Slapping my uh, leg. We close the door, so you can't hear them clapping for him, but they're clapping. <laughs> Ivan, uh, I met Ivan playing a band called Vagrant Stomp, and now he's playing a band called The Deep Web. And uh, also, Barry... Uh, Ivan is the second guest we've had now that that went to the same high school at the same time as my daughter. That's right. <laughs> Cypress yeah. Bay High School. Shout Cypress out. Bay. Uh, That's a nice high school. It's it is definitely we're, lucked out going to that class, one, man. I'm uh, gonna agree with you on that. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, Ivan, what did you what what record did you bring? What record got you high tonight? Well, we got The Who Sell Out, 1967, by The Who. 1967. Now, what year were you born in? <laughs> yeah. 1992. Oh, oh man. <laughs> I was, I was three. A little ways I away. was three when it came out. Rob, you were, what, five? Four or five when it yeah, came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, so I, so I was how, three when The Remix came out. There you go. Uh, okay. By John Astley. So how does, a, how, does a, how does a young man of your age, a young punk rock kid, get so, like, become so... Well, you know, this one really kind of got me, I guess, I don't know, it must have been ninth or 10th grade. Uh, you know, I just, the cover is what drew me to it. Uh, I yeah, mean, yeah, look at that cover. Yeah. And, you know, everybody knows The Who. You know, I mean, I saw a video of them playing My Generation, and I thought, wow, that's really something. Yeah. Definitely want to get more into that. The Smothers Brothers video. Yeah, the, oh, okay. the exploding yeah. bass drum. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Where apparently Pete Townsend claims it lost most of his hearing that you know, <laughs> in that particular true. moment. That is not true. But so was this? What? Pete's it's not looking true, for right? a scapegoat for his yeah. long-term stupidity. <laughs> Why are we bashing Pete already? We just started. Oh, okay. We just started. Well, we'll just have to wait until the appropriate moment. No, come on. He's a he's a he's a legend. He's no uh, Joni Mitchell, I know, but I mean, <laughs> I know you like his voice better. So is uh, <laughs> uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get emails. We're gonna get yeah, emails. right. So but yeah, we, was this the the first Who record you like? This is the first Who record that I bought, and the first one that I listened to in its entirety. And to this day, it's my favorite one. Wow! And it's got to probably even be in my top. At least top ten albums of all time. Oh, wow, maybe top even top five. Okay. Well, I would hope so if you picked it to do well, it on this. You know, I would hope it is. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, back in the days uh, of uh, you know those long, long time ago in twenty oh eight. Yeah, the, back in the, uh, it was, the, yeah, man, in the sure. olden yeah. days. Ten yeah. years ago, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, me and my buddies, uh, we used to just uh, we would go down to the library, uh, right, right, uh, right down the street from Cypress High School we were going to, and they had all these CDs that you could just. 
they were just take right them for home the picking. And, take take them, them home and rip them. Rip yes. them to your computer. Ah, uh, yes. And, familiar, you know, we sell out was concept. one of those, and I listened to that, and I was I had to go out and buy my own copy of it, man, and it now, blew at, me away. At that point, you bought a CD, right? Right. Right. Yes, right. I bought a CD and um, a CD version. Who knows how many copies of it I own now? <laughs> right. right. Yeah. You're, you're into you're you're like really into music and vinyl. You 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 do vinyl now. You get. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I do have a copy of that one on vinyl too. Uh, um, a Deca stereo copy from. I'm uh, pretty sure it's an original pressing and um, it's not my favorite pressing of it though. Uh, you know, honestly, my favorite one is the one that Barry brought. Today, yeah. which is the the, the mono, mono vinyl, yeah, because that's the one where you really actually hear the Who playing. You know, you can hear John Entwistle doing his thing on the bass, and, right? And Keith Moon, you know, it's all right there where right. it should be hitting you in the chest. That's right. And that's that's really, uh, you know, I mean, I've always loved the album hearing it because uh, with the mono, the choice is the volume up or the volume down. Exactly. And there's no po- you know, position in the mix, or it's very much it's very much more direct. Exactly. Yeah, it's 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 where it is. It's hitting you right in the face, and you know, with this kind of music, I th- especially, you know, that kind of rhythm section, that's you got to be able to feel that. You know what I mean? Exactly. I probably heard it in the. Oh, I got. To, I first heard the Who after. I really paid attention to the Who after seeing the movie The Kids Are Alright, which is where a lot of people oh, um, yeah, that's so great. Such got great. turned on to the Who, and so I saw that movie, and then I instantly became a Who fanatic. And so I would have heard it not too long after that, but it didn't become my favorite Who record for a long time. Yeah, I would same, have, exactly same for me. It yeah. would have been a, um, you know, I would have picked one like Who's Next or something like that. Right. I never liked Tommy. I'll be frank with oh, you. I'm I not. Love, a, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm not a really? Tommy you fan. Too? Yeah, never really did anything fan. for me, man. Oh, I like, I I, you know, I like you Pinball know, Wizard the song. It, the the whole to me, it's a. It doesn't. It, it will just. I'll just say it doesn't. Tommy does not affect me the way it affects other people. But this record is sort of okay. So this is a this is sort of a transitional record for them. This is between the Who of you know uh, of um, anyhow anyhow anywhere any way anyhow <laughs> or substitute and the Who of Tommy. And so right. Townsend is right. sort of feeling out his. More complex compositional uh, um, uh, theories and what he wants to do and how he right. wants to go forward. Because if you ever, there's some video of them like working in the studio. And if you ever had any doubt about who was in charge, it is it is Pete Townsend. Like oh, he's okay. given them orders and saying, yeah. yeah, and saying. But uh, but it's amazing that it's only their third. It's their third record. It's their third their, album. It, Although had see because it was the '60s. There's this kind of little bit more because there's Magic Bus which has like oh right they like put a, out little uh, the best of and meaty biggity big and bouncy oh yeah that's right I and then there's oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, and then my generation was, but this yeah but this one to come so early in a band's career to be so experimental and yes. so weird oh, yeah. well it was 67 though so they had they were you know the psychedelic revolution was in full swing Jimi Hendrix experience was you know in England playing um, and, and the concept album, the concept album, and right, everything. Right. Everybody's taking LSD. I would. I'm assuming that Townsend had taken LSD by this point. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. I would. I'm. It's my guess because he's. Um, you know, he discussed some of his experiences with that drug. Although maybe he did do it. Maybe this is still more the you know amphetamines. And you know, beer. now that I think about it, I actually he did. Yeah, he definitely did by this time because he said that he had stopped taking it by Monterey. Pop right, festival, exactly, and, uh, right. and he got pissed off when they dosed him at at, at Woodstock when everybody got dosed. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, I he guess said, that explains kicking uh, Abby Hoffman in the well, face. He, <laughs> he had the uh, he took some that was LSD that was prepared by the famous and now deceased Owsley, and was on an airplane flight and had an out of body experience, and he said that was pretty much the last he needed of uh, LSD. So, but this is not a psychedelic record. But it is a, um, it's definitely a... It's the most psychedelic The Who. That is got. exactly right. It's <laughs> right, kind of right. like... Uh, um, uh, uh, it's their... Her, 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 her Majesty's Majesty's say, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. In a way, it's definitely like that album because it 
definitely drew from the whole Sgt. Pepper concept well, album. Well, there's that, too. Right. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. you know, I mean, Satanic Majesty's Request, great album, but, you know, it wasn't what the Stones were really about. No. And to a lot of people, this isn't really what The Who was about. Yeah, but, yeah well, that's yeah, why but, originally, because yeah, I was, um, I was the first Who record I got was Live at Leeds, because remember, Barry, I told you I used to love of to course. buy Live sure, records. Sure, sure, sure. I always felt you get like, all the, um, although yeah. there's, only, there's only six songs at Live at Leeds, because Side 2 is just two songs. It's just Magic Bus yeah. and, uh, <laughs> um, um, my generation, my generation, my generation. yeah. <laughs> but in my generation, he's got like Tommy, like half of Tommy already in there, like yeah. all the little jamming. Well, also, but there's some Tommy things that show up on this record absolutely, as well. Absolutely, He yeah. recycles riffs from Out of Here, right? And they reappear in Tommy. So, um, so yeah. But when I got to this, I didn't grab me because I liked. I and I also had Who's Next and uh, a Quadrophenia, and this record, it it doesn't really rock like those records. It, it, it doesn't, and there's a reason for that because. Part of the reason is because he started off with Rickenbacker guitars through Vox amplifiers. Oh, right, right. And right. then he switched to, and in between finding the Les Paul, he was playing Stratocasters. Oh, so okay. if you watch him on the Monterey Pop thing, he's kind of underpowered. He doesn't crank it up. Right. And so That's true. this record has that same sound where it's it's not it's not as meaty as you know, who, you know who's it's next? Not as meaty, meaty, who's, big and bouncy? Well, who's next? Yeah, and Tommy, you know, he starts to. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is sort of you know anorak or whatever train spotting. But speaking, speaking of, of train, train spotting, oh, what a good what are the chances? Yeah, is that <laughs> well, here the chances are good because train comes. Train by, by yeah, the bright line driving by, um, looking for victims. <laughs> 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 he um. And Tommy, I think, using the ES335, but and then of course, you know the the classic. Everybody knows, thinks about Pete as the you know the Les Paul through the high watt, the right. SGs and stuff. But SG's this was right. the Stratocaster record, and it's not as powerful. No, um, and the whole sound. I, I wonder because it sounds, especially the original thing. It sounds almost like. AM radio-ish, which the whole conceit of, of all right, course. we didn't mention the conceit of the record is that it's supposed to be like a broadcast by a radio station, by a pirate radio station called Radio London, and they have a lot of interspersed uh, commercials, and up, oh, Ken Hosker in the Ken house. Ken Hosker is here. Yes, a little late. Um, <laughs> that's all right. We'll, we'll start over for you, Ken. We'll start over the beginning. Um, yeah, so I wonder, is it, did they, were they going for that sound, or was uh, uh, Kit Lambert, who was also their manager, was he just a uh, shitty producer? Um, you know, it's um, it's it's because it's, it's a it's not a it's not a pristine recording, but it's not as bad as like some of the Yardbird shit where you go, this is terrible. <laughs> or Kinks or some oh, early yeah, Kinks yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, really not, bad too. And um, I think they were more interested. He was experimenting with doing stuff in the studio, you know. And, oh yeah, definitely. And they weren't a, they hadn't had a huge hit in the states up until this was you know this album features the you know i can see for miles i can see for miles which, which they, he held on to which they never play live right they never yeah because i guess it was he he did like a lot of overdubbing with the guitars and it was i guess he never felt they could uh they, they could, could pull could, it off do it justice live. you know what's cool though is the who actually played on the tour supporting the who sellout they played a club called code one in fort lauderdale which was, I think, uh, sometime in March, I think March 23rd of 1968. Really? Wow. So, yeah, maybe about three months after the album came out. Wow. And that was, I mean, that's right on Federal in Oakland. Wow. You know, it's a Best Buy now, I How think. How do you know this? Yeah. yeah they played uh, there, yeah. and I mean, that's, uh, it was Was a your grandpa club. at that gig, Ivan? No, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I do know somebody else at the gig was uh, uh, Richie uh, from Record Rack. Really? Yeah, he was at that gig. Uh... And that was... Uh, it was a teen club, you know. It was a teen club. It was a it was a skating oh rink, God, an ice imagine? skating rink. Ken Hosker was probably at. Ken, were you at that show? <laughs> and that is actually Ken's one like of 80. the apparently one of the only shows on that tour, maybe even the only show that they actually tried to attempt. I could see for miles. Oh. Unfortunately, there's no recording of it, but there are some pretty incredible pictures. Really? Yeah. How, did you, how do you find this? How does a, how does a young man of what are you, twelve, fourteen, <laughs> find out? Uh, know this? Train, here comes the train. That's again. the train. <laughs> didn't find anything uh, northbound, so it's got to head south. Look for more victims. <laughs> wow, yeah, they amazing. they played um, yeah, a little club like that. A lot of people played that club as well. Um, I think Sonny and Cher played it. Um, <laughs> the uh, Buffalo Springfield might wow. have played it. What was the name uh, of the club? It was called Code One. Code it was on Federal Highway. Big, I think I've seen that name like 
read about it before. That it's yeah, and and they, I mean, it probably was like two bucks or something to get in. I don't, I don't know exactly right. how much. Well, probably, probably. But they were supporting that tour, and they were, or they're supporting that album, and they were still wearing the, you know, the frilly. England right. suits and stuff. Yeah. They, they look just like they did in Monterey. Right. Incredible to think that they played a little place like that. Three years later, they'd be playing stadiums. Right, yeah. exactly. Yes, have they're meteoric. Them? Have you rise. seen them, Ivan? Do you ever, you ever get to I saw the two. <laughs> I got yeah, on the two. two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw them okay. twice. I saw okay. um, the Quadrophenia tour. Oh, in when 2012. they did. I heard that was really. I heard that was really good. I heard that was. It good. was. It was good, but that was the first show of the tour, so it was a little oh. shaky. Pete actually threw a hissy fit. Oh, that was the one where he threw a hissy fit. I he heard did. about that. Yeah, yes. they and played, he didn't even come out for the encore. No, right? they, he didn't His even come brother. out for the end of the song. <laughs> they played Bob O'Reilly, and I'm pretty Pete sure Pete. Roger sang his part. That's gonna, you're going to have uh, to be sent to the penalty box. For yeah, that. they <laughs> finished the song, and then Roger kind of looked around. He's like, well, Fuck it. Uh, let's do it. thanks. Uh, and they just, uh, lights went up, and that was it. <laughs> and, and what other time? And then I saw him again on the, uh, I think it was called, like, the Who Hits 50. Oh, the 50, I saw that yeah. at, at, the, at AAA. At AAA, that, yeah. now that was great. I mean, That they was played, really great show. They played um, a quick one. Uh, they, they did. They a quick one that night. They and played they had, a quick one, course, and they did I Can See For Miles they that did, night. That's right. They did that. Of course, yeah. at this point, they need, like, 12 musicians on stage to make yeah. them sound yeah, like the yeah. original four. That was my but, um, observation of the Super Bowl performance. It was cool. No, it was cool. What, what about you guys? Uh, when was uh, when was the first I never time got you guys to, I never got them? Never saw them live. Really? I was in Orlando when they played in '82. I think it was on. You know what was the eight record in '82? It's hard. It's or, hard. Yeah. They played. They and the B52s opened. It was a famous show in Orlando where they, they got booed off stage. They, 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 well, the B52s stuck it out for a long time, but oh, that good fam- for them. they but the pelting <laughs> with beer uh, bottles and. Plastic cups by my ignorant Orlando fellows oh, was too much for them to take, and I fully applaud them leaving the stage that's because they don't deserve the B-52s. Oh. That must have been, what, the Tangerine Bowl? Indeed it was. Yeah. Oh, wow. I saw crazy. some, uh, I've, uh, one of my 10 stories is talking about the two Rock Super Bowls at the Tangerine Bowl that I went to. What about you, Rob? You can go back in time. No, and I never, I never, I was always a huge Who fan by some, by just life got in the way, and I I, the first time I saw them was that show. Really? Not AAA for the 50th yet. Do you wow. believe that? I never got to see Well, yeah, because, well, basically, here's the thing. By the time I was old enough to go see The Who, Pete, Keith Moon was dead. Yeah, yeah, me too. To, yeah. So to he them. died. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah me too. Them, right. He well, died in yeah. 78, right? Keith died in 78, is that right? I think it was 78, yeah. 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 So Dr. I saw my you? first concert in 78, but The Who were not touring, and I didn't go see the Go see the Who. Well, what was your so, first concert? Uh, in one of my ten stories. You know who it was. It was uh, I went and saw um, Black Sabbath at Bayfront Center in St. Pete, and the opening act was Van Halen. Oh wow! And basically, Van Halen. Ba- Van Halen were like janitors, and they mopped the floor with That's Black Sabbath. What I hear about <laughs> that tour. <laughs> <Poor Ozzy. laughs> Ozzy had they were had had it with Ozzy, and Ozzy had had it with them. That was the last year with them. It was until the whole reunion. Yeah. All right, let's get into this goddamn record already. All right, there's a bunch it. of songs on it, and there's there a bunch are. of uh, commercials and uh, little jingles that they did, which which they're really good. Uh, I guess uh, John Entwistle did a lot of uh, the jingles, and uh, John Entwistle does not get enough credit in the Who. Oh I yeah, he's, well he's this. Uh, as the Who is always, I think they're a band where where everyone is magnificent at what they do. But yeah, John and. Uh, aside from his unbelievable bass playing, he provides comic backup. relief, and also his just his backup singing. Oh, he's he always does he's the awesome. high. Whenever you're yeah. the high voice, it's yep. usually John which is crazy it. because you wouldn't assume that. I know. He yeah. big, always he does that band. kind of voice. There. Yeah. So or the first the song is a weirdo song, Armenia City in the Sky." Not even written by them. Written by um, it was Speedy Pete, something. Pete's former roommate and chauffeur, John Speedy Keen, yeah. who is known for being in the band. Thunderclap Newman. Clap Newman. Who had a hit. One hit. And they were one hit wonder in the 70s. And I'll have to confess, I can't remember the name of the song, but you would know it if, if, if I said it. Oh, right, right. They had yeah, like, uh, yeah, they yeah. had one gigantic hit. You'll be playing it. You'll be playing it you now in the background. It'll be Google. playing in the background. What's wrong with me? Now, Ivan, let me ask <laughs> you like something. Right when here. you first heard this song, did you know that it, that was him singing, Roger Daltrey? Because I remember for years, I didn't know for sure who was singing. Well, actually, it's not just Roger Daltrey. It's actually Speedy Keen. Is it? Singing oh, are they as singing well. in unison? Yeah, yeah. I would have to go to a, He's in the mix to... about as loud as Roger. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's weird about it. That's why it sounds so weird. It does. But he's not, like, credited. I 
Did you find it out the same place you found out that weird gig that, that they played there? Is that I must have. That out? So the uh, Thunderclap <laughs> Newman hit uh, was called Something in the Air. Um, remains in demand for television, commercials, film soundtracks, and compilations oh, right. okay, okay. from 1969. I would have to hear it. You'll hear it hear when it. I mix It'll it in the show, in, into the, into yeah, the mix. So, oh, see, yeah. that's the thing. See, back in the day, I didn't know who sang it, but we didn't have... Uh, let me tell you something. Back in the day, we didn't have our smartphones or our Google or anything, all right? I didn't, I wasn't going to We didn't have jack shit. I couldn't go to a library and find out who sang We who had to write shit on our hand and go up the store. So I didn't We didn't know. have even paper. Till recently, yeah, but I didn't know. Well, that's funny. I mean, I, I didn't know that till recently either. Milk. Oh, okay. I always Rice. just assumed it was Roger. Just I, I assumed that it was Roger pitched up. Right. That's, that's what, what it sounds I assumed like. it was. Yeah, it like yeah. And I guess it probably is. And also, along with Speedy, Pete Townsend said something, which I think Pete Townsend likes to just say shit sometimes because he swears that, that he does. He said um, Townsend claims that when Keen saw the name of the song on it on the album liner, he told Townsend that the name of the song was wrong. That it should have been. I'm an ear sitting in the sky. That's right. And it makes sense because nobody says Armenia. Yeah, like, right. right. I, yeah. Instead of Armenia, Armenia. I'm an ear sitting in the sky. That's kind of awesome. Makes that more is sense. kind of awesome. <laughs> so you guys, your band should record it, but with I'm an ear in the sky. Yeah. You should do a version. and But then you wouldn't have to pay royalties on it because That's it's a, a different Jack song. Idea. So we were talking about him LSD, and this song sounds like an LSD. Oh yeah, totally. To With those backwards horns yes. and yep. feedback and stuff, it, it's definitely one of their most psychedelic tunes because that's a territory that the Who didn't really, they didn't really attack that much. No, not really know? at all. But and when they did, they they did it. You yeah. know, they really. The closest they almost got was like sort of the hippie version in like Magic Bus. It's got kind of like that, you know, oh, yeah, the, go, going yeah. up the country and, or. That kind of feel. right, and it's funny also because you know we were talking about the mono mix. The mono mix of this album is—it's a psychedelic album. It's—it's it's a psychedelic album, there with no doubt. Go. Where the stereo version, it's, it doesn't have a lot of the phasers and I agree, you know, really? effects yeah, it's, and yeah, stuff like that. Stuff and, that's not and in it's there. Just, it doesn't really have as much it's of either, a psychedelic it's either, effect. It's either not as present, or it's not there, or it's not as present. It doesn't mix. have that murkiness that that. You yeah, know exactly. That, you know what I mean? And you can find that uh, the monomix, I'm sure, is available on YouTube if you go looking. And it, it's on CD as well. They they just came out the deluxe edition, a two CD deluxe edition. Really? Yeah. <laughs> How <laughs> many editions of this do you own, Ivan, of this record? Uh, I have three copies okay, of the okay. sell out. I have the, the 95 remix, which is the one I grew up on. Don't leave. Don't leave. Nice. Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> now Thank they're, they're you. Going, they're getting more beer. They're fine. And... Uh, and then I have the the two CD deluxe edition, Stereo which release. has the stereo, the original stereo mix, and the mono mix. See, I never got that. I never got you, you, you nerds. You listen to this like the four different versions. I know it's important. Bulo does. Mike well, Bulo does. That. Yeah, He's got Mike like Twelve Bulo. different versions. It's of, important of the because Beatles I mean, record. even th- this was one of my favorite albums isn't already. It, is it important? No, I haven't. It's important. Okay, I'll and tell you <laughs> a little something though. He's got a point because when I first got this on CD there was some version that came out in like 1997 and it was a b- allegedly remastered and it was incredibly harsh and impossible to listen to exactly. it was like whoever uh, hit I don't know what the thinking was it's the John Astley mix 95 oh, right. it came out that's the one that I grew up on that's and the it's, uh, you have to turn though. the trouble wow. down because you're like oh, oh, it, and not just that it just sounds hollow it, it just sounds so empty and which so, I didn't I realize that growing up listening to it I just right. thought wow this is awesome so I but. sought out the vinyl rips from uh, people friends on the internet that you know they might be in jail now but um, they, they they ripped some good vinyl during their time and uh, so I got to I was like oh this sounds much better it's a revelation when you yes. listen to it it, it, sa- it, it okay. actually sounds like a Who album I'm gonna take your word for it because I don't have that much patience I'm in here in the sky <laughs> of the same goddamn song well he's All a right. good, we're the ear in the sky dude you are that's true <laughs> alright so number two is already we got uh, the Heinz it's called Heinz, Heinz ba- Baked beans, beans but it's just it's one of the, the first uh, little commercial one, two, vignettes three, that John Entwistle does what's the tea mom I love this though. <laughs> What's, What's the tea, tea Mom? We can just do them. It's so What's the tea, Mom? <laughs> What's, oh, that's darling. Good. I said, "What's for tea?" And he says it in a very and he says it that the 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 husband says it in this very condescending like. Yes, darling. I said, "What's for tea?" Where's my slippers? It's very um, which I believe it's what nobody knows for sure, but I think it's Keith. 
doing the little kid's voice. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And that's I think funny. it's Pete doing the husband's oh, voice. And then obviously it's John doing the, the, oh, the grandma. The daughter, yes. yeah. And then at the end, uh, you got the beats. little, which they use, see, some of them they use, I think they use actual things, but the more music, I get them saying more music, more music, more music, more music. And then it goes right into Marianne with the shaky hand. Shaky hands. But before we go into Marianne, go ahead, I have to ask right. you guys. Have you guys had Heinz baked beans? Of course. Of course, yes. That, and the vegetarian British uh, ones? What? You can get the... Not, not the Heinz brand. What they're really? talking about Never. is ve- there's like Heinz vegetarian baked beans. They're British, and they put they serve them on toast. Uh, yeah, beans toast. on toast, right. All right. And then, yeah, and, uh, uh, do you ever watch... You seem to me like a kid that would have been into... Uh, Monty Python? I knew you were going to say Monty Python. Did yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, All my right. brother, so my beans, brother the, was the into it very much. And, beans thing. Yeah, and, so um, and, and what's cool, too, we got to mention that that horn in there. That's John Entwistle playing horn. Oh, that's right, right, of course. Yeah. Multi talented John Entwistle. Yeah. So great. The, the late, great John Entwistle. Yes, that's right. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, why is Flea still alive and John Entwistle dead? <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Marianne with the shaky hand. This is. Uh, Dual vocals. This is cool. I like this because it's both of them. Flea, singing. can you call in? Just get call in and let us know. It's What's up with that? Roger Daltrey and Pete when, Townsend. Was there a choice together. offered? You know, it's you or John Entwistle? And right. you said, take John? Well, he are said, you take Flea. Are you, are you done with your little yeah, uh, routine? <laughs> <laughs> I am. Now, this uh, song is, is cool because it's it's like that. It's the summer of love sound. Yes. And, this, oh, yeah. you know, and it's, it's even got that instrument. What's the little stick that you rub the yeah, one it's stick got on the, the other yeah, right, stick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is that called? <laughs> the slidey, I'm sure there's a, Exactly. That's good, Barry. Yeah. That's the sound. That's the and, sound. Th- and this song, I think it was the B-side for I Can See for Miles, but it was a completely different mix. Right. Oh, was it? It was, with, it was, with, uh, it was the organ. Yeah, right. A much so more psychedelic we're, mix. We're all grown-ups. We're all adults, I think. Except for Ivan, maybe you're not. Nah, he's a grown up. Come on. But we could say what the song's about. It's a. It's basically about the hand jobs. The, the, I think so. Uh, yeah. Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Hand jobs. Yeah. What they done to a man? Body. Those shaky hands. It's a body. She doesn't have to work a lot. And the lyric, the second verse. It's not like, really a job. The lyrics get it's a little. Just who she is. Uh, problematic. Like the lyrics would not fly today because they say. Uh, Linda can Linda cook. Linda can cook. Jean, Jean reads books. books. Cindy, Cindy can sew. But I'd rather know. I'd rather know Marianne with the shaky hands. Yeah, that's pretty messed up when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> but what it does imply that she has been traumatized to ha- have received her gift of shaky hands, like she's got PTSD. So oh, she's, really? I what they've done, yeah. oh, right. done to her, man? Oh, that's right. What they've done to her, man? Those shaky hands. <laughs> yeah, you know? I guess you know the British accent. They're saying "huh," you know, instead of "her." So you know, it, is they saying what they've done to a man or what they've done to her, her man. man? No, it's what they've done to her. What did they do to her? But I really, I really hands, do. This is actually one cares? of my, this is actually one of my favorite ones on the album. It's a great song. It's a beautiful song, and they really get Beach Boysy on it. Yes, yes. Than, yeah, I noticed that. That was something that I picked up. Beach Boys a big any other song on there. They and, were right. Yeah, and it totally. Really, it really does just give you that feeling, like you're walking into a commune. Okay, in '67 <laughs> or something. Did, did yeah. Pet Sounds come out in '66? '66, yeah. All right, so he's heard Pet Sounds. He's heard Sgt. Pepper's. And yeah, yeah, the Beatles yeah, yeah. had heard Pet Sounds, so they're all feeding off Brian Wilson's, you know, yep. um, ideas. Manic genius. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the the late great Brian Wilson. He's not although, dead. Uh, technically, although technically, you didn't let me finish my joke. Although technically, he's still alive. Yeah. True. <laughs> I saw him do Pet Sounds. I saw him do the whole album. He did it in a weird talk singing style. That's uh, <laughs> of course <laughs> kind of he turned did. me off. <laughs> of course he did. Right. He's but it, it was the band played. He's great really things. old too, so you got to give the guy a break. Oh, of course. Plus, Absolutely. he had to be in a fucking bus with Michael Love all those years. Oh boy. Oh, God. <laughs> shoot me. Shoot me immediately. Mr. Positivity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ivan. Let me ask you now. This next song. Odorono. This is like the the first of the commercials. That's actually like a song too. Yes, it's like a fake commercial, but it's a real song. It is. But all right, Ivan. Now I know you must be a fan of. Well, I don't know. But are you a fan of uh, a big star? Yeah, and I I saw that you uh, or I heard on the uh, number one record podcast yep, that you mentioned right. that the it was uh, it's feel. like feel. Yeah. Yes. yes. If yeah. you sing during the verses, you could sing the chorus during the verses in this yeah. song. It's right. the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah. and it's a really crazy song too it's just because it, it really it's it's a jingle song right. but it really does stand on its own it does i mean if it had and lyrics poor, that weren't about deodorant it'd right, still right, be a great right. song oh and this poor yes. girl all she wants to do is impress uh, mr, mr davidson. davidson yeah but but her, de- her deodorant let, let her, her down. down and i do have to make a point right now a personal point i mean this is the record got me high podcast good and this is one of the first 
maybe the second record that I ever got high to. No. Oh, are your parents listening? I hope your parents aren't listening, are they? <laughs> they don't listen to podcasts. Okay. It's almost legal in Florida. Yeah. <laughs> at different really? times. Half so, the fucking yeah, people out it was there actually, are um, right now. What are you, no, you know what? About? It was actually the first Fort record. Lauderdale. It's the first record that I ever smoked marijuana to and actually got stoned and inhaled right. <laughs> I'll just be candid here. I wonder and, if that's... And this was the song where it kicked in. Oh. oh no. Yeah. I was actually with... Uh, Brian Bass, uh, my buddy Brian Bass, who's the guitar player of Vagrant Stomp, now bass player of Armageddon Man. Yeah. We went to go see Cheech and Chong. Oh my God. <laughs> when we were wow. about uh, 15 or something like that. And, you know, we were late, we both er, late, this late album. era Cheech and Chong. Yeah, very late era Cheech and Chong for sure. Tommy, and, um, man, Tommy, get up, man. <laughs> and we went back to his place and he fashioned a bong out of a smart water bottle. <laughs> and he said, crazy hit this, and I finally got it right. And there I just, I remember walking back and forth around his house while this song came on with that, that guitar lick, that yeah. bong, ding, yeah. Bong, yeah. Ding, bong, yeah. Ding. And I was like, the genius <laughs> hit you. I said, wow, you rem- <laughs> this is really and something. And that's something you'll never forget. That's I'll right. never forget that, man. I'll and never it's, forget it's that moment. part of why that, that record got Because that record literally got That record high. literally well, that got That record and, and your, your friend, who's a bad influence. Right, right. should have yeah. been hanging around him. <laughs> I told you not to hang out with him. But he's, uh, you know, he's good. Uh, uh, he's very dexterous. Built a, you know, he knew how to improvise a, 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 a Out of a smartwatch. It should work, too. That's these kids. All right, so this is a good time. We're about the halfway point. We're going to take a little break, maybe uh, get a couple of delicious beers. We're here at Laser Wolf in Fort Lauderdale, wonderful Laser Wolf, with our with our host with the most, Chris. Chris, that's right. And we will be back. Uh, we will be back after this brief message with the second half of the Who Sellout with Ivan Soliani. All right. Is This Tomorrow is a weekly web comic cataloging the antics taking place at the Zorro News Channel and featuring such characters as George Kleenex, weatherman Benjamin Dover, man on the scene J.B. Horns, political commentator Taffy Tart, media personalities Travis Slaughter, conspiracy theory expert J. Elwood Compton III, paranormalist Murph Davies, Senator Stroller, political apologist Dr. Iggy, Christian ventriloquist Fred Gastro and his puppet Woody, and the strangely familiar Stocky Bear in his smelly, itchy costume. All of this at isthistomorrow.com. That's isthistomorrow.com. Successful sound of wonderful radio London. Coke after Coke after Coke after Coca Cola. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, and he right. even threw in, I even had the, the little British accent. That's right. For extra realism. All right, we're back. That record got me high. That's Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. And we're here with our special guest, Ivan Soliani, hey, who hey. knows much more about music than me or Barry. He's <laughs> got it going on. I'm going to totally give it to him. All right, and we get to the number five song on this record is, oh, I love this song, and I, I've read that this is, some people have said this is like one of the best songs ever. Really? Oh, Tattoo, uh, I have read yeah, that. Yeah, yeah okay, Tattoo. sure. One of, this is one of Townsend's great like little story songs. Little, bin, little, yeah, sets yeah. up a whole scene, a whole. A little, yeah, but it's just about two brothers going out to get tattoos to, to prove they're men. With a great little guitar intro, right? Oh, yeah. the, the music, this is, I, I think one thing about the song is it's the, quintessential mid-tempo Who song because it's got those great uh, uh, guitar parts very really inventive guitar playing and it's got melodies it's got such the melodies a great melody all of them on this singing song. and it, and the harmonies and it's just like perfect and the, the, the beauty of that melody combined with I expect I'll regret you but, but the skin graft man, man won't, won't get, get you, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's amazing and, you'll and be there when I die, die. Yep. <laughs> and it, so it highlights the permanence of tattoos kids so yeah. you know, actually, that? I was thinking about getting a tattoo this weekend, and I didn't because I had to. I was going to see my family, and so I didn't want to fucking wear <laughs> don't a sweater do one of those fa- Christmas. Uh, don't do one of those face tattoos like a Post Malone, Barry. Don't do that, okay? <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you what I'm gonna get. It's not up for de- debate. 
one of the only tunes from this album that they actually perform live on a regular basis. Oh, okay. It's on okay. Live at Leeds. Oh, it's on Live at Leeds. Great version of the Live at Leeds. Great version, oh, I had yeah. forgotten that. Incredible version. Well, I'll tell you, one of my favorite listens ever, Ivan, and I still do it a lot, is the expanded version of Live at Leeds. Which, Amazing. Which, which they put, which in the middle of it, they do the entire Tommy. In the middle of it, yeah, and it's just such an amazing show. Like, which it, to me to is end. a better listen than the Tommy album. Oh, I think so. I agree. You know? Yeah, I agree. Because that's when that album really comes to life. It, it is. Yeah. It and is. there's that the uh, Live at the Isle of Wight DVD, which is fantastic, and they perform. It's basically the same tour. I haven't watched that. One. Oh, oh man, okay. I haven't seen that. It's the uh, it's the um, where he's wearing the boiler suit and the one pickup SG era. Oh right, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they perform. It's an amazing show. Really great. Yeah, and let's just let's just give Roger Daltrey his props on this song. What a vocal! Yeah. on this song, it's just such a sweet vocal, but powerful at the same well, time. Well, just like with John Antos, the Who, Pete Townsend is the he's the brain. It's his brainchild. But these other guys are completely integral to the to the operation of oh, the yeah. who they like elevate everything like, like he apparently you know Pete like looks down on Roger Daltrey is like he's just a singer that is such fucking bullshit I don't know that he does no that. I think they he's still, I think it's well known that he, it. he's well known that he expressed disdain well, for Roger's Daltrey still playing with him so he's forgiven him you obviously. know what paycheck's paycheck buddy <laughs> yeah and uh right you know and you're really down on yeah. Pete man I had no idea and I remember growing up um well we won't even get into Pete's little no, issues. I don't get into that. Uh, well, that's yeah, hearsay. Yeah, that's hearsay. That right it's not hearsay. It is hearsay. He got fucking arrested, dude. Uh, well, you know what? It's a lot of people get arrested <laughs> and they end up there. Uh, you know. you've, like, you've never yeah. been arrested? I have never been arrested. Oh, okay. Well, I've never ridden in the back of a cop car. Chris, <laughs> All right, you? good for you. Good Chris for you. has been arrested. What about yeah. you, Ivan? You ever been arrested? Never. Oh, please. Never. Yeah. Rob, you've Couple been arrested? tickets. But... You've been arrested? All right, moving on, moving on. We have song number six is Our Love Was, which is the original USL. He's listed as Our Love Was Is. Right, that's right. And there's yeah. speculation that he did that they took off the is because whoever the song was about wasn't around anymore. Like it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see. And okay. this song is really one of my favorite uh, segues from a, a jingle. Oh, right. The Radio right. London yeah, yeah. reminds Radio you. Oh, yes, that's right. I love that you brought this uh, to go, go to, to the, the church, church of your choice. <laughs> And well, right, right in there, it's, it's, they don't even finish the word choice until and that little uh, the um, guitar intro, little triad there, beautiful yeah. triads, yeah. And this is actually this is actually a tune where the mono mix is very different because it's a different guitar solo. Right, those things do happen, which is you, you don't realize that in this, you know, the '60s there was still the two technologies at work. There was mono where everything's going to come out of one speaker and then stereo which was it wasn't new but there were um you know they were mixing doing separate mixing sessions for mono and stereo and more so of a novelty it was right stereo was the novelty and mono was like everything was an am radio they assumed exactly. that you were going to do it in a car or on you know a one coming out of one speaker so and that's kind of the big argument too is the bands would usually be present for the mono mix because that's what they really were worried about and then they bail out for the stereo mix yeah, yeah exactly they might spend a day on the stereo mix right. or something yeah, it sounds good enough. Nobody's yep. gonna buy it anyway. Yep. But this, uh, the, the guitar solo on the stereo mix is a much more like Hendrixy kind of yeah. lead guitar. You know, just you know, a lot of just, just not really like it's a lot of overdrive on it and stuff. Yeah, and sure. It's a really furious solo. And then on the mono version, it's a more of a countryish kind of even Hawaiian ah. type of solo that you know it's really yeah, it's worth seeking out the mono. One. It's worth seeking out mono versions of records. Because they are they are different. Like the mono blonde on blonde, Bob Dylan has got some different things on it. Oh yeah, love that that uh, that record. Ivan and I got a lot in common as far as the record listening. There are we like to hear the we like to hear all the little secret did weird either, stuff in did there. Did either of you ever have mono like in high school? I did not. Okay. Oh, actually, have mono? No, <laughs> I, I had the swine flu. Really? Oh. I think I think it was. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we get to number seven. This is this is the the rocker of the record. This song it almost stands out on the record because it's the one song that sounds like it could be on. I suspect other this was records. recorded at a different session yeah. at a different time. We're that talking about like, yeah. that this was like okay, we need a single. I Let's go back in the studio. Miles. Well, he actually held on to this. He actually wrote it in '66. Right. He wrote it in '66 and he held on to it as kind of like an ace up his sleeve. Yeah. He said, "I'm not ready to put it out just now." Let us get a little more traction, and we're gonna put this out, and he we're knew, gonna though. be number he one. And yeah. he was—I think he made it to like number nine or ten or something yeah. like that. 
and he was he was disappointed at that. He right. said, I thought right. it was gonna be number one. Yep. Uh, my, it's also yeah. which it is. I mean, because this is this is the this is a you know uh, classic rock classic. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Classic rock. The girl and, and let's not forget the jingle beforehand, which is the. Hold your groove together with Road of Sound strings. sound strings. And so I'm and sure Entwistle was Entwistle was probably angling to get some free bass strings out of Road of Sound. Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, yeah. yeah, we're, we're he used to change them every day, right? He was one of the first to use Road of Sound. Right, but he would say, yeah, change, change them every day because they weren't wow, as bright. That really? was his sound, you know, that furious bass. So, the, so uh, the first time sense. I heard this song actually was the girl that lived across the street from me when I lived in Orlando when I was in elementary school. She had the single, and so we would all, you know, she would bring her singles over, and we would listen to them. And so I can see for miles was, and I don't, what was we never listened to what was on the B side for sure. It was just you oh, play he this said song. it was uh, Marianne with the shaking hand. Yeah. Yeah. We never listened to that. You it was just like just play that. And she had uh, so wear out that A side. She had Venus by the Shocking Blue. I remember listening to that. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was uh, it was cool. Lu- Luann House. And there's really something name. to be said about you know hearing those singles. On the 45, it's yeah. just such an exciting sound, you know. Yeah, you got, how, do you, like, how do you know that? How would you know that? Well, they're still around, Rob. They oh, are, you, yeah. now? you can still listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, never mind. I'm sorry. Not everybody can. <laughs> afford, I'm getting so hostile. Not, a, not, a, not everybody can afford to put out a 10-inch record. Some people have to put out just seven-inch. Uh, okay. Most people, um, I would think. So I will. I will say I probably heard this song like hundreds of times, and until I really read the lyrics, I it totally escaped me how. Stalkery and creepy they are. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Because basically, yeah, he wrote Pete Townsend. He wrote this shortly after meeting his, uh, what became his wife Karen. But it, it was a reminder to her that even though he was on the road, he could still keep an eye on her from miles away. That's right. And the song was I never caught that by the jealousy and suspicion that would well up inside him when he left the tour. And it's creepy. He goes, well, here's a poke at you. You're going to choke on it, too. You're going to lose that smile because all the while I could see for miles. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and he's warning her that she can't get out well, of his Well, I got a little, a little reference here is that Pete Townsend um, was a fan of the blues artist Sonny Boy Williamson. And uh, Sonny Boy has a song called uh, Checking Up on My Baby, oh. which may have uh, influenced this somewhat. Right. And they also do on Tommy, um, they do a Sonny Boy Williamson song. Yes, they that's do, a, I, I Sight to the Blind. I Sight to the Blind. Um, so That's interesting. You're probably right then. I wouldn't yeah, doubt that. Yeah, yeah. Sonny Boy was notorious. He's got several songs about you know, creeping up on, on his girlfriend and checking up on right. what she's going to do. Yeah, before we move on to this one, uh, I know Rob's going to be like, uh, well, what are you doing with the vinyl record anyway, kid? <laughs> no, but, it's all right. Go ahead. I'm, <laughs> but I'm uh, over I, the I'm copy over. that I have of this, the the pressing that I bought uh, is a Deco stereo pressing, and it's just so funny because it has a skip on it, and I guess that's why I got it for so cheap. But the skip on it is just placed in such a great spot. Oh, it's a good skip. It's a yeah, good skip. Right. So it I've goes, had records. I've had records. Yeah, it's just that. a perfectly placed skip where it's. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but probably right. when you hear the song somewhere else, you probably wait for, wait the, for the skip. skip. I do, right? I do. Yeah. Yeah, and then awesome. you, you give it a good knock and it goes, but it's just such a great, <laughs> <laughs> wonderfully placed skip. Uh, so even though it was creepy, uh, it had a happy ending because he ended up marrying this girl he wrote about, Karen Astley, in 1968, and they were together until their divorce in 2009. So oh, wow. They were wow, a really long time. long time, yeah. 68 to 2009. Uh, oh, and one more brief thing. It was covered, this song was covered by Styx for their 2005 oh. covers album, Big Bang Theory. But much like Neil Young's version of the Joni Mitchell song, I could not bring myself to listen to it. Not so. Neil Young. <laughs> I can't no, bring myself not, to listen oh, to it. Oh, Neil Young, Neil Diamond. <laughs> Neil Diamond. I said Neil Young. Oh, did Neil, I say Neil Young? <laughs> did you listen to the episode after we recorded? I did. You, you, heard, played, so you yeah. heard it, yeah, the yeah, Neil you Diamond version. You played it twice. It was so good you played it twice. No, then I fixed it and re-uploaded <laughs> it. So, yeah, yeah. All right, so that ends side one of the Who Sell Out. We flip it over, and side two is... Can't Reach You, which it was retitled later on to I Can't Reach You, but the original was just Can't Reach You. Which is funny going from I Can See for Miles to Can't Reach You. Right, right. And, and, uh, yeah. so, uh, he, had, he had some issues. He had relationship issues and stuff. Really. This is another unrequited love song that he sings. And he sings, he, like, I feel like when he writes songs like this, they're so personal that I think that's, he feels like he has to sing them, like he wants to sing them, you know? That's interesting. Yeah, I kind of got that feeling too. It's uh, maybe he just doesn't trust Roger to get the emotion across. Yeah, or something. yeah, or just because right. Roger has this such just great yeah. rock and roll. And it's voice. funny because it's such a sensitive song, and it comes right after the Charles Atlas course. 
Yes. Turn you into a beast of a man. And then there's that little. And then. So Ivan, you may not know this, or you might, but this is something that was a fixture of our childhood when the old people out here. We would buy comic books, and in the back of the comic books, there were always ads, or even on interior pages. One of the ads was always for like always a Charles, Charles, Charles Atlas, Atlas and a then for the X-ray, really? and for the X-ray glasses so you that you could see in girls' dresses. I know about the X-ray glasses. I, oh yeah, yeah, and I bought those shit, and that shit did not work. <laughs> yeah, also they put feathers in them, right? How about you remember the hovercraft? Like you could buy the hovercraft thing, which yeah. was basically it was a vacuum cleaner engine, and you put it together, and then you know, oh boy, <laughs> didn't it didn't work because I was fat. <laughs> Wait, you bought that? No. Okay. It but just yeah. said. I looked at the weight limit. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. No hovercraft for you, <laughs> fat boy. So this song, Can't Reach You, also has a little creepiness to it because it's... It, did you get that it's sort of like a forbidden crush and it could be on an underage girl? I kind of got your, your... I'm a million um, ages yeah. past you, a million years behind you too, a thousand miles up in the air, a trillion times I've seen you there. Your hair is golden, mine is gray. You, you walk, walk on grass, grass it turns day. It kind of says it all right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna touch that with a ten foot pole because I was already no. chastised for bringing up <laughs> that right. other issue right. that he was arrested for by the British police. All right, so now we Just get saying. into another song and twistles. That's a fake commercial, but it's actually a song, and this is one of my favorite commercials. The Medac. Medac. Medac, which it was retitled Spotted He had a Henry. face. Henry Pond had no fun. He had a face like a current bun. Ooh, little pimples all over. This I remember that. adolescent days. little fella was nicknamed by his friends Old Yella. The doctors gave him creams and lotions to try to soothe the boy's emotions. But all in vain, the agony stayed. Henry's hopes began to fade. Then, when just about to crack, he found another cream. Medac. When Henry in the mirror appeared, his pimples all had disappeared. Henry laughed and yelled, I got him. His face, face is, is like a baby's bottom. Yay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great. <laughs> and that's uh, that's the back cover right there. Yes, is, that's uh, right. Keith Moon putting it on. Yes, right. Face. Right. <laughs> the giant people giant Medak. <laughs> Which Medak, it's, it's cool because I, I feel like they made that they, they made that up, right? Medak? I don't think that was a real I thing. I don't think that was a real Science one. Science Big Bean's a real thing. Charles Atlas is a real thing. Odorona was It was spelled Odoro. No, with dashes in it. And there's ads. I'm going to post on our on our Facebook page. I found some ads for it, actually. They're really funny. Yeah, me too. I made sure to look that up when I first heard the tune to see if it was a real thing. Nice. See, you could do that. We couldn't do that when we were you weren't we able to look it up. No. <laughs> I don't know why I have this hostility towards people younger than me. You're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, I think you could say you have this hostility towards, and it's like an algebra, X. <laughs> and there's a lot of things that could be X. The right. variable. So now the 10th song, now we have a song written by Pete, but sung by, uh, but sung by Roger. And it seems like a song that maybe Pete could have sung, but he had Roger sing this one. Relax. And it's almost like, it seems like he's employing like a girl to relax. But it also seems like he wants to relax so he could just make out with her. Like, Probably. Like, so I think I'm going to say, why, yeah. I'm thinking that's why he had Roger, uh, Roger Daltrey sing this song. Yes, relax and settle down. I really Although, this one. at this point, um, Pete has started to, I would think his, you know, he had started some of this, I would even say about um, um, the previous song, not, not Medak, but um, about uh, can't I Can't Reach You. Reach you is that he starts to have his he goes on his spiritual search and so there's not all it's not all um, it maybe as carnal as right, we right, are right. making out to be because he did you know uh, um, begin to you know explore eastern religion Meher Baba was oh yeah in, in right. well later right. on this yeah. record Sunrise is definitely like that but exactly. that's why I'm saying that's why I think he had thought because it, the lines in it he says open up your mind We'll love right where we lie. I know you from inside. You're like a horse I'll ride. Oh, or yeah. the sand through the land. So maybe that was already a little too said, ah, I think Man, I'm going to have Roger, Roger sing this. this. That's more of a Roger thing. Yeah. And I believe this was actually one of the other tunes that they would actually play. Oh, really? the Who Sell Out Tour. I don't know of any live recording of it. Yeah, it was, what's also cool about this tune is that there's an organ in there. And the guy who's playing that organ is Al Cooper. Oh yeah! Oh, that's right. All that's right, right. Al that. Cooper, who is the same guy that played the organ on um, uh, "Like a Rolling Stone." That's right. Yep. And who yeah. sort of like didn't really know how to play the organ? No, he was well. a guitar player. And he just Bob. wanted to be on the session. <laughs> he, he was once the engineer went yeah. to take a bathroom break. He goes to 
Hops on the organ. Yeah. Bob Dylan dug it, and the engineer comes back. What the hell's going on here? Oh, yeah. No, turn the organ up. Right. <laughs> and you know the secret about Bob Dylan recording sessions? He never repeats himself. So if you do a take and it's not right, he changes the key. He changes the musicians. Changes, changes the lyrics the even. Changes. He, but he will not do it again. Really? Yeah. There is no. Let's do that one again. It's always different. Wow. That's See, a spontaneity. You know? Exactly. And then, you know, what, the next year he forms Blood, Sweat, and Tears. That's right. Yeah, Al Cooper's an, sort of un, unsung hero of he really rock is. and roll. Yeah. He really is. Amazing music. everywhere, And man. he's got some great solo records, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like them better when he used his full name, Alice Cooper. No. <laughs> it's not Cooper with a K. Al okay, Cooper with a K. K-O-O-P-E-R. <laughs> Just making a little joke. All right, so 11, we get to a, a full-on... Uh, John Entwistle song, Silas Stingy. Oh, yes. Now let, me, Stingy. now, let me ask you, because I'm thinking, Barry, you probably did, but uh, Ivan, did you have to read Silas Marner in school? Do you remember in high school? Did you read Silas Marner? I have no idea what you were even talking about. Okay, Barry, did you have to read Silas Marner? Uh, who wrote it? I, I, probably not. Was it's it like a, one of those? George, it's, a boring, it's the most boring book in the world by George Eliot, but for a while, everyone... Susan, did you read, my, did you read Silas, Silas Marner? Marner? Thumbs while, up. Everyone, thumbs up from Susan out in the audience. Yeah, Silas Marner. It was, also it no was audience, sucked, right? Yeah, right. It was about, and basically that's where he got the concept of this was from Silas Marner because it was about this um, this stingy um, I forget what he was he was a uh, like a miser man yeah yeah but but it's funny I I read a, I found a quote from uh, John Entwistle himself and he said the rest of the group used to uh, used to take the Mickey which I guess means used to make fun of him because I was the first one to buy a house and I found it very hard going because we had ridiculous expenses and our money wasn't that big. So I saved every penny to put a deposit on the house and buy furniture. So S Silas Stingy buying a house and a watchdog and a safe is exactly what happened to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he based it on the uh, on the book Silas Marner, but it's also based on him because I guess they probably called him. If they took the uh, piss out of him, they were probably going, Rob, there goes funny. Stingy Minji. Yeah, right. You know, right. I do have to say this is really one of my least favorite ones on the album. This is one is that it really? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I mean, it's a cool tune, but it just... It's, I, you it's, notice by by this point they the 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 whole sorry to interrupt you Barry there but sorry. just the the whole pirate radio they, concept they, they kind of ran, ran, ran out of steam at they this did point. They oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, right. which I hear is because they were just already trying well, to get back on the road to make some money uh, that's yeah, sure. funny. but some I of the know, bonus tracks that you hear on the on the deluxe editions and stuff would have would have made better fits you right, know like right, a, right. like a, even like a early morning cold taxi. Right. Oh or, yeah, that's a great song. Yeah, or, or you know, even a glittering girl or something could have could have been a better bit. No, yeah, tell kinda, I'll, no. Give you, I'll give you that. You know what? The uh, yeah, it's a typical Entwistle sort of sort of weird Jaguar. Song. Jaguar would have made a and which is the first song they recorded in those sessions would have been great because that was a commercial song in itself. You know. Um, you know what? I think you, he really wanted to get the Stingy Minji. Yeah, exactly. I think he did. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not the greatest. Read Silas Marner. Read Silas Marner. Maybe you'll appreciate it more if you read it. That's maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe no, I'm just missing that context. It's, it's terrible book. It's so boring. Um, all right, so we get the song number twelve on the official. We're doing the official release. So we're doing the uh, well, the original the one, vinyl, the original yeah, vinyl, sure. which I bought. Which you know what? You know what I was thinking I, when I, like I said, when I first got this record, I didn't really like it. But the the thing about then, I don't know, Barry, you may have gotten this too. When when you like actually bought a record with your own money, yeah, you like felt like if you didn't you like gotta, it, you wanted to get yeah, your money's worth. Yeah, you so gotta I listen listened to, it, to yeah. it a bunch, and then eventually it became yeah. my favorite record. But nowadays, if you you could listen to something online and then ah, I don't like it, and that's it, you give up on it. Right, it's gone but, forever. Right, yeah. So that's uh, that's true. I mean, you gotta. Let me get my money's worth on this. I, I just, know. I would be. I would hate. <laughs> well, you'd it save I, your allowance or whatever, and then you know you you would buy yeah. it. I was Hopefully kind of at the tail end of that. Yeah. Right. But you how know. many times would you like a song and then you get it and it's the only good song on the record? And oh, like, yeah. I bought bitterly uh, disappointed. You want to hear my story? I have this. I haven't told this story. Okay. So you have a story you haven't told already? <laughs> I got a lot of them. <laughs> so I was I was in high school and I heard, uh, um, was, you know, listen to uh, um, FM Rock Radio. Maybe I was in junior high school. And I heard a version of this. I heard this song called... Let me hear some of that rock and roll music. Any old way you choose it. It's got a backbeat. You can't lose Chuck it. Chuck Berry? Yeah, I didn't know that. I was, uh, actually, it was... Uh, Yellow? REO Speedwagon. REO Speedwagon, no yes! Way. So what did I do? You bought an REO Speedwagon When I album. bought the REO Speedwagon record, I was like, oh, this sucks. This is incredibly bad. And then the only song I would play would be like that that record. Song. And so It is a good cover. It's it was the, era, cover, the beginning yeah. of the era of 
uh, used record store, so I sheepishly, you know, like handed it over, and they're like, you know, looked at it, they're like, uh, two dollars, and I was like, okay. <laughs> That's funny. The but first time I, I ever heard that I tune was the Beach Boys Speedy. version. Yeah, well, yeah, oh, really? which is which a good is version. It's, yeah. not, it's not really. Oh, like come on! Version. The Beach Boys version, at least there's like you know, I didn't like. It's a I little tinker like a toy, but <laughs> I don't like a lot of their covers. I, 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 well, that was from a really awful album, Fifteen Big Ones. Oh one. yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. I All like right. it for sentimental reasons, but so let's we'll get, get to, to song number twelve. Which, speaking of Pete getting to his spiritual wispy side, yeah, this one, yeah, this is a really pretty. Fluffy Pete Townsend song, yes. this song, right? But it's really pretty. It's got that twelve-string guitar. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, even though and this one, the riff reappears on Tommy, right? This one is this uh, this one of the ones where the riff. I think the, that's the next one. Rail. Oh, okay. No, it's Rail. Uh, Rail. But but uh, Ivan, you were, you're really right about it. Sort of, they ran out of steam with the whole commercial thing. Although this song, it sounds to me like it could be one of those late night songs on the pirate station when they're about to sign off and they just true, play true. a song. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And what's interesting is some people have a theory that I guess. They could it be a, like a retroactive theory? It could work. I don't know. That um, some people say that the side one represents AM radio, where side two represents FM radio. Oh, which I, don't I, mean, think I guess that, that, that could, that could say, be interesting. I don't I guess, think they were that sophisticated. I, yeah, I don't think they were. I think they were just running out of money and they had to get Probably back on the get, road. Probably get done. But like this song is just this song is just Pete. It, yep. that's, it's just Pete guitar and right. his vocal yep. on in the guitar, and that's it. Yes. You know, I, he said that he did this for his mum. Oh really? Yeah. I know that. <laughs> she just wanted to hear a song with just him on it, but it actually really is a beautiful song. <laughs> it it's is. a great it's a song. Yeah, it's it really poetic and haunting. It's a haunting vocal. And then on we this get tune. we get into the final song. What sort of Real. song? Real, which I don't understand. I have no this, and this is the one song that, especially the verses, Beach Boys. You could tell this is a total. Beach, it sounds like this it could one be is a heavy. Beach Boys yeah, song. Super yeah, Beach Boys. But um, very much so. Yeah, and it's got musical. It's sci-fi. Themes. It's like sci-fi, or it's like fantasy epic. You know. Oh, okay, so this has from Tommy. What does it have? It's got a little bit of underture, and it's yeah. got Sparks. Yeah, which, which, right, right, exactly. Which they right. were, Sparks is like all over the place. He, as brilliant as he was, he would he come recycled up with stuff. musical, but it, but it's but it's kind of okay because it's like such awesome stuff. It's true, and you could tell it was probably stuff that came from jamming with the band, like jamming together and coming up with these uh, like these jams that became songs eventually. Maybe, but he was also he was the guy that would record demos, right? Like that's why the Townsend demos, you know, he would show. Up and be like, oh, here's the songs for the next record, and he would play them all the demos oh, okay, that he recorded. Really? Oh, so. I didn't know that. And yeah. this is, yeah, and this is really the second glimpse of Pete going into the whole rock opera thing. Exactly. Where, where on the previous album, it was a quick one while he's right. away. Right, right, right. But that, the, the, the quick one that's on the album pales so in comparison to the rock and roll circus performance, which nobody agreed. ever saw until 1978. Yeah, because the Stones like, buried it because they blow, blew them away yeah, so they did. completely. But that, but that rock and roll circus performance, uh, that's the one on that in that movie. That and uh, 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 what? What's the one uh, um, at the end? Uh, you know, the one from Who's Next? The song where they do. Uh, uh, oh, uh, won't get pulled again. again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those two performances, the ones where you're just like you leave the theater as a teenager and you're like, Blown away. oh shit! You must have loved, you must love that, right? That movie, Kids Are All Right, Ivan. Oh, Kids Are All Right. Oh yeah, I'm great. Sure. I mean, those are my favorite kinds of movies where you just, just shut up and play the. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but what's uh, what's funny about this tune is that um, you, it starts off very abruptly. It, oh yeah, 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 right. Because right. actually, the engineer or somebody in the studio had lost part of the master tapes. They were gone. Oh, I read. I, yeah. yeah, I just read that. And that's why that it starts earlier. so abruptly. And apparently, um, I don't know the exact story, but uh, they, uh, the engineer relay the news to Pete and said, well, you know, it happens from time to time. Yes! <laughs> and he picks up a wooden chair and just throws it across the uh, the glass partition right. in the studio, right. shatters the glass and says, well, okay. it happens, happens from time to time. Yeah, things yes. happen, yes. That, that, I, and I and that what's that, this is definitely one song where the 95 remix is definitely the better way to go just because of that awful edit. Oh, in this okay, song, okay, you okay. know, it, it, they they lost part of the song, <laughs> not even the beginning, just uh, even even uh, I think it's twenty seconds in or something. It's just a really bad edit where it just it goes into a whole different part of the song, and you now, know the the remix rectified that. I don't know how. I guess they got a hold of the original master tape somehow. Now, do you have any idea what this is? What's about? Like zero. He clue. was probably he probably had some kind of concept in mind and then just gave up on it and went on to something else. But the, he said. The, the red shins in their millions will overspill their borders, and chaos then will reign in our real. 
Real, the home of my religion, to me, the center of the earth. So is he saying Red China is going to take over Israel? Well, no. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think it's more, you know, um, you have a, you know, it's fantasy like Tolkien almost. It's very fantasy. Very, where you have a um, medieval, like medieval army. Sort of, yeah, but maybe even sort of alien or I don't, I don't know. But it's, um, it's uh, definitely a on side two for a reason. Right, it's at the end of side two for a reason because it's very unusual, yeah. and it's not one that you would, you know, if you stuck in the middle of side one, people are like, what, what the hell is this? Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. But it, it's, it's a, um, it's a, it's story. a preview of things to come. It is, oh, sure. it, it is, is a pre- exactly a preview of things and, to yeah, come. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it is at the end where, you know, the guy he's had him, he's had this guy that dropped him off, and he says he gives him all these instructions. If I fly this flag, come back and get me. If I fly this flag, don't bother. And then at the end they say. It, it, the people on the boat say, "Oh, he's crazy if he thinks we're ever coming back. Like, they're not yeah. coming back no matter what." You right, know, right. I mean, you have to think. Uh, I mean, how do you write lyrics like that at 22? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's the, right. it's pretty I know, crazy I when you really take it in the context. These were kids, you know. I mean, they were. <laughs> I, forget, I know. I hate, reading, I hate reading that about records and then that drove me 22 because it just makes me feel bad about myself and what I haven't done. Yeah, me so too. That. I used to go through a thing where I'd be like, well, yeah, I mean, they were they were 22 when I'm 17. I got time yeah. to go and now I'm 26. So it's like, uh, I think the ship has sailed. No, <laughs> no, it hasn't sailed, but it, you gotta you got to get yourself to the fact that uh, people, that artists like, bands like The Who and artists like Pete Townsend are like one in a million. They're the legends, yeah. They're one that's in a million. That's exactly right. They really are. Of it's course. True. At the end of the day, they're one in a But million. even then, this is, you know, definitely not my favorite song on the record at all. It's really started to grow on me recently. Oh, you know? really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's always just been like a little too Renaissance fair for me. <laughs> Renaissance fair, that's <laughs> And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the album in my book, but it's, when you look at it as a, kind of like a little preview of what's to come that next year right? or you know in the next two years it, it, it definitely, definitely is interesting yeah so, exactly so this is the end of the record proper but when you first got the record you got already a bonus one that had songs so what right. are your favorite like what are your favorite songs that were that came oh as far as the bonus tracks yeah the bonus stuff early early mold, uh, early morning early gold morning, taxi gold taxi, taxi yeah, is right, a really right. cool Something, one yeah. yep um, someone's coming yep is a great tune I think that was a b-side to something but I'm not entirely sure Jaguar, um, Jaguar, which should have been on the album. That should have replaced uh, Silas Stingy in my Stingy, in my yeah. book because that would have been a cool segue. You know, that really boisterous tune into Sunrise would right. have been pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, Coke after Coke after Coke. I don't think that was included on the original, was it? Oh no, maybe it wasn't. You're right. I don't I'm think it was. I think that was a uh, that was right. a bonus yeah. track, and that should have definitely been included because the Who actually did a Coke commercial. Right. I think that actually was a real commercial that they did on the radio. I believe they did. Yeah, I believe they did. Yeah. Yeah, that was sort of. They said that was kind of like the way they were uh, poking fun at the you know commercials. And yeah, Barry, if you could take a look at the the track, they probably show the bonus tracks on there. They do. There's Let's probably see. a few that I'm forgetting. Let's see, the 2009, uh, there's Someone's Coming, Early Morning Called Taxi, Jaguar, Cook After Coke, Glittering Girl. Oh, Glittering Girl oh, yeah, is great. Glittering Girl, that's right. Yeah, Fantastic. that's a cool one, too. Um, John Mason's Cars, Girls' Eyes, da-da-da, Butterflies, right? That one, uh, Premier Drums. Um, and then some In the Hall of the Mountain King. Which yeah, is yeah that's that, weird. Yeah, right? That's that crazy. Instrumental. Uh, yep. yeah, yeah. Top Gear. Um, and then let's see. Then it's just kind of alternate versions and stuff. Various but, alternate yeah, versions. Yeah, um, someone's coming is probably my favorite one out of those those uh, bonus tracks. Yeah. All right. So you said uh, Ivan, just uh, wrapping things up. You said this is the, the first record you listen to that you smoke pot. That you sort where of it actually worked. Yeah. Oh, well, where it worked. Yeah. How many, th- how many times after did you listen to it? The uh, high. Afterwards. Uh, that's, you don't, you're not required to right. answer that. <laughs> okay. Just right, just I, well, I, can't, I can't count that high, man. All right, all right. That's fine. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ivan. Uh, this well, was thank you guys so much record. for having me on here. It was uh, really a pleasure talking music oh, no, with you guys. It was great. Thank and you once so much again, for your band. Me. So, uh, Vagrant Stomp is sort of like uh, on, on hiatus, we'll say, or not really. It's uh, asleep. It's a sl- all right, asleep. But the band uh, that you got going now is called. It's the Deep Web. Deep Web. We'll be playing uh, Beer Punks on January 11th, right down the street here. Okay. And um, you know, it's definitely not punk rock, but it's uh, it's a good time. You know, we 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 try to <laughs> get the get the 
thing going as much as we can, you I'm know? Looking, I'll check it out, and I'll be honest. I'll tell you if I think it sucks or whatever. I'm sure you will. I don't think it will. You know? I don't think it will. No, you're a good guy, and you got really good taste. <laughs> and I love, I will say, when you got, when Vagrant Stomp, a couple years, was it a couple years ago already when we did the Miami? The uh, Cameo Reunion. That was, uh, reunion. that was really a highlight for me, man. That was uh, one of my favorite shows I've ever played. Yeah, I wanted Thank to you have, again for having me yeah, on Yeah, I that. wanted that to was, have a young band open all, because these were bands that were reuniting that Barry that were like from the late 70s and the 80s. Ah, okay. So these were bands that were playing before I even was even born. Okay. But Bands Stop, that I had been reading about. And yeah, yeah. Vagrant Stomp opened up and it's like, it was so great because everyone loved, they loved Vagrant Stomp and then you guys were really cool and you really got into the, the whole night and these other bands that you, like you oh, said, maybe great. you read about and it's like these are some of the Yeah, and I said, wow, I can't believe I'm seeing these bands play, you know, no, bands great. that actually played the Cameo Theater. So I appreciate great. that, even though as much as I poo-poo uh, millennials because mostly it's just annoying <laughs> as hell, I appreciate you guys that are really in, you know, you just appreciate what has come before you and you appreciate Well, you have the, to, uh, you know, I mean, it, that's the kind of music that we're into and stuff and, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's the real stuff for me, it. man, you know. Right on, right on. All right, so thank you once again, Barry. What do we got next week? Uh, January second. Is it the is it the big? Uh, it is the big should one. Should we say or should we? I was thinking should we keep? We it a should secret? hold it secret. Yeah, we're gonna keep it a secret. We're gonna keep it it's secret because uh, I want to yeah. make sure it's that everybody. It's a very special episode. You very special episode where some. I'm just, we'll we'll give some context that a band uh, that was a big uh, alt underground band in the eighties. In the eighties, they, 80s, they a got Boston a, band from Boston should have been, but should have been huge. Should have been huge. They signed to a major label, and in the midst of recording their, <clears throat> um, let's say it's a debatable quality major label release, they're going to come on the show, and all four members of the band are going to discuss the making of and the merits and <laughs> or <clears throat> detriments. Of this, I think album. it's a good record. I, I like the album. A it's lot. the production I love the is horrible. Uh, <laughs> see, you're not into that. Though. It's got, so right. anyway, so, so next week, next week we got, a, we got all four members of a band. We're going to have a, some conference call software. Yeah. All right. So once again, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, this is that record got me high. Don't forget, go to our Patreon.com forward slash trgmh. Please, people, become a patron or just check it out. It's on our website. That record got me high.com. Check it out. Uh, Once again, that is Barry Stock. That's Rob Elba. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Thanks again, Ivan.